0: All right, so it's not so much about believing. It's about a lack of disbelief. This is Hyperborean Radio. I'm Celtic God. The other guy is the Lorekeeper, as always. Hello. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of like one of the major cruxes. I guess another way to put it is, well, how does a plane fly? And you can get into all the technicalities of it. But um, I, one way to break it down is, how do you know how or why a plane flies it isn't like do you believe it or not believe it or is it more a lack of disbelief in its ability to fly
1: and this is going to be a really dense topic because it's going to cover things like belief faith weird craft fireballs bumblebees but basically it's this idea that there's sort of this false dichotomy where you have belief where you firmly believe in something then you have disbelief where you firmly refuse or don't believe in something depending on how you view it. And then there's this point in the middle that's neither believing nor disbelieving. And this and it's not really in the middle so much as I'm going to argue with you.
0: Go ahead. I'm going to say that it's that lack of disbelief isn't in the middle, it's on the outside edge and actually it's kind of really doesn't have anything to do with belief or disbelief because where belief and disbelief meet If you're on the belief side, there is just that niggling bit, which you can see it all the time in people that's, that's screaming at me, for instance. But I believe this. But I believe this. There's that niggling little seed of disbelief. And then people that are will do the exact same thing on the other side of. But that's not true. That's not true those people have just that niggling little seed of belief so there's actually a little bit of overlap there where when you believe something you inherently also have a little bit of disbelief if you disbelieve something there's just that little niggling hint that you that it might be true so therefore you believe it a lack of disbelief on the other hand is neither of
1: these things come into play well that's kind of what i was going to try and get at is it's it's like a three-point balance system, which is the traditional way of doing it in our lands. But it's not really a third balance point. It's completely absent yeah. of the whole thing. It's why I have trouble trying to explain it because, like, I've talked about the gods. Mm-hmm. And you go from most people don't believe in the gods. Or they they, uh, they believe in them kind of like, oh, luck god, make my dice roll. Or, oh, coffee god, caffeinate my soul. Well, But what I was... but. What most people that end up going and pagan end up happening is
0: following the way
1: yeah they start believing they start forcing themselves to believe in the gods and then they end up becoming zealous because they are they are so adamant of this belief and they often don't get their belief from thought or anything like that they get it from talking to people who also didn't look into it so then you end up with A situation where there is this almost christian-like zealotry about certain deities you know like you've experienced it like someone who was just getting into the way just starting to look into old european customs and gods had already become borderline zealous when it came to loki being evil yes like got visibly
0: evil and don't bring mistletoe in my house if you're listening hey guy
1: But that is the consequences of this attempt to sort of shift belief. It's also why I I tell people it's always a good idea when you're first trying to go from, if you didn't already have this break period, when you go from Christianity or wherever you were at and you try to go to the way, take this breather period. It doesn't mean don't look into anything, but it means you have to kind of have this Don't try to set any convictions while you're doing it. Yes, because you'll end up with
0: actual curiosity.
1: Well, what you end up doing is the same thing that happens if someone quits smoking and takes up drinking coffee. Right. You just become equally addicted to the coffee.
0: Right. Um, Well, and the way I was going to describe it based off from what what you started, my attempted interruptions was belief and disbelief are two sides or opposite sides of the same coin. A lack of disbelief is a teacup. It has nothing to do with it.
1: Yes, Well, and then you also have the issue of belief itself is often misrepresented. I've gone over this before. Belief and knowing are two different things. Knowing and understanding are two different things. And understanding and internalizing are two different things. And, and, different things. and each of these are a completely different step. And sometimes you can you, you don't even get the knowing bit. You understand the belief, and then you internalize that concept. It's really... This is
0: a really simple subject, but it's also incredibly complex, like everything worthwhile in life. But I think that you actually described it very well at one point uh, concerning yourself. He was like, when I first started, I believed that there was something. Then I believed in the gods. But the more that you learned, the less that you lacked disbelief and kind of moved away from from belief which oddly ended up actually cementing it because it becomes a point where you just don't really question it and it doesn't matter. Like are the the gods, for instance, or the spirits, actual physical beings, it doesn't really matter because you don't disbelieve in them. They can be or they cannot be and it doesn't really matter and therefore you believe in them more. You see them more because you don't not believe in them.
1: Well, and this is a, to... Uh, that, that's the most concise explanation yes, I've ever heard. Yes, and you actually were copying something I said earlier, yeah, but, but I guess one way to put it is, like, I've never been to Australia, but I don't necessarily not believe... Well, I don't disbelieve in Australia, I guess is the way to right. say it. I don't feel the need to believe in Australia, but at the same time, I don't disbelieve... it. it
0: I know that do or that Australia exists because of dollary dues. I love the dollary dues. We got a few people that send us dollary dues, and I just giggle every time we get some. Why? Because it's funny. But yeah, I, I, that's kind of the point. You don't need to believe that a bumblebee can fly, for instance, because you don't disbelieve that they can't. Even when you look at the the explanation of the just they shouldn't be able to fly. By all metrics, they should be incapable of flight. But why can they fly? Because nobody's ever convinced them that they can't. They well, also never bothered convincing them that they could because if they believe that they can, there's that little bit of doubt in their ability
1: to fly. Well, and that's that's where this sort of, the complete absence of the entire spectrum from belief to disbelief comes in. and. Part of it is because this part never actually enters into it. Oh, uh, yeah,
0: it's um, I, I, I understand. This is wow. This is hard to describe. But it's the same thing that gets people going with me where I am extremely. Well, you're extremely dogmatic and theist. And you just never consider the idea that you just might be wrong well, you're wrong there. I wake up every day and the first thing I I think is, hmm, I could be wrong about everything. Okay, well, let's find out about some of them. It leads to a lack of disbelief. I don't have to believe and therefore convince myself every day that this thing, I don't have to, how many people, hold up your hands, how many people have to convince themselves every day that water is wet? How many people have to convince themselves every day that it would hurt if you smashed yourself on the hand with a hammer. You don't have to, you don't disbelieve and you don't believe you just have a
1: complete lack of disbelief that these things are. Well, and actually to get into that concept of doubt, because people would think the concept of doubt is tying into disbelief, but that's not necessarily the case because belief and disbelief are equally as fervent. Mm -hmm. So, Doubt is actually something that's actively not encouraged but allowed, and once you have it, you're encouraged to explore it within the ethnic way. The way, like for instance, in uh, Universalist face, you're usually punished for being a non believer. You have heretics, apostates, stuff like that, or
0: even insinuating.
1: Yes, and then you can actually be killed, ostracized, made into an outlaw. It's not a thing. In the way you are perfectly allowed to be like I don't really think that there's like a Sun deity that sings the Sun up or something well part of the
0: issue is the damage that's been done to language because belief is a perfectly good word it is it really is it's just the damage to the language which is a damage to the way people perceive and conceive thoughts and ideas way that we perceive the world—it it actually does revolve around language for us to describe it. Well, as the damage is done over centuries and centuries, it ends up linking disbelief and belief. Where before, it was belief was one solid idea, and disbelief was something completely separate. But now they're they're butted right up against each other because of the way language is used. That's changed people's perceptions, and then. I mean, anybody out there, think about something that you believe in and then really think about it and there'll be just that seed of disbelief or something that you don't believe in at all. And there's that, but what if they're right, whispering in the back of your mind.
1: Well, and that's actually what I was getting at is you and I have both been asked questions along the lines of, well, have you ever considered everything that you know is wrong? It's like, Yeah. yeah every single day have Have you you. yeah and then they usually get a face of just sheer panic and end up running away right
0: because they they haven't considered that because they're operating on just sheer belief and and it's not even a belief they want to believe they feel the need to believe in something
1: well and like i brought up belief knowing understanding internalizing there's also want to believe on the other end Mm -hmm. wanting to believe is as different from believing as believing is to knowing right in fact most people who want to believe actually don't believe and that's what makes them so zealous is because they're trying to prove to you that they believe because if they can convince you maybe they can convince themselves and that's why that will give you go so far as to get violent yeah it's why actually being allowed to doubt and consider, like, does this make sense? How does this track? Like, can I make this kind of make sense in a way that's actually useful? And most people go through a period of this. It's almost like um, like the Amish have room springer, which is more culture-based. Like, you leave the Amish culture and you go off uh, for about a year, and then you can come back at the end. There's sort of this... Thing that if you look at how our people behave, most of us actually do this automatically. We're taught these stories growing up, whether they're Christian or pagan or whatever. And then as we get older, we actually have this period where we're going to hit something that causes us to doubt because we usually believe things, we we believe what we're told when we're young, and then we hit that rebellious phase in our like adolescence. And that's when we start to question everything. And usually, kids are very inquiring. But it's only when you start to have that period of rebelling against authority that you really start to examine everything. a little bit of
0: rebellion is good. It's it's the way that it is. That rebellion has been kind of sucked out, which then forces people into the hard thought of belief or disbelief, which are actually the same thing. That's why you can come around and it's a circle. And you end up with the zealot side of it, like you was talking about, where they don't actually believe. They're just trying to convince you that you believe or that they believe so that they can then maybe believe themselves. And, or there's the other end of that circle where disbelief and belief kind of overlap. There's a seed in each side. The lack of disbelief is something completely separate. And I forgot where I was going with it. It was brilliant. I'm sure it'll come back around, but there's, it's, it seems like it's really complex, but really it's not. And the thing is, is like as as. You you started getting the same accusations that I have gotten since oh, I jumped yeah. into the public sphere with you're a hardcore zealot, your dogma, blah, blah, blah. Why can't I just believe this? And then there's the other side where they're like, you you're an atheist and you don't believe in any of it and it's all about this world. Both of those statements are wrong and the reason why they're wrong is because they're assuming that we're on the same circle of belief and disbelief that they're on. Where we're 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 the teacup sitting there going, "What the fuck is that coin doing?" You you see what I'm saying?
1: Well, and it's something that we get accused of being really wiccan i I've had that happen. And then I have people that accuse me of being extremely dogmatic. In the same conversation. Yes. Well, and pretty much what it turns into is because I don't firmly believe their religious text, which pagans don't have religious texts. We have collections of folklore and poems and whatnot. We have a way. We have a way. Um. But then there's the other spectrum where they pretty much picked a deity and made them into whatever they wanted. And I'm just as critical of this completely made up version as I am this heavily dogmatic version because both of them are incorrect. It's true. I'm
0: trying to figure out how to word this in ways where most people can understand what I'm, what I'm where they can pick up what I'm laying down. It's like uh, that video that I was telling you about the other day. There's this lady, and uh, I would share the video with you guys, but she's odd. She, yeah, there's issues there. But she did say something that was very good. People accuse me of being childish, so on and so forth. But I like to go to the forest because it's an enchanted forest, but only for this two weeks of the year. The rest of the year, it's a regular forest. That's it. That's what I'm talking about. Every forest is an enchanted forest, but it isn't enchanted all the time. You don't have to believe it, and you don't have to disbelieve it. And it, it's just the way that it is. We've all had these places where you walk into, a, walk into an area, and you just, you just know. Like, it's so solid. You just know. This spot is special right now. And sometimes, because uh, I've talked to a lot of people about eh, odd things, you walk into an area and you know it, and then pretty much as quickly as you step into that spot, you can kind of feel it start to fade away. Other times it'll be like that enchanted forest that the lady's talking about. It's during these two special weeks, this is an enchanted forest.
1: It's accurate. It's, I believe her. Well, it's a lot like how people feel around the holidays like yeah. you can have someone feel like it's christmas or yule and it
0: doesn't require belief you can just feel it you know it well and and, and everybody definitely. knows it like you talk to strangers of the, of other talk to other hyperboreans and they'll be like yeah you can just kind of feel it in the air it that has nothing to do with belief or disbelief or the calendar or the calendar and it's it's not even It's really difficult to quantify. Language is lacking here. Because it's not about believing or disbelieving in Yule. It's not about, has nothing to do with the calendar. Has nothing to do with knowing. It just is. I know that makes sense to some people, kind of. Other people are like lost and think I've lost my fucking mind. But that's the way that it is. It It just is. And you can feel it, you, you know it deep down inside, and you don't even have to acknowledge it. You don't have to know it. It's just
1: like, wow. Well, and that's kind of the issue that we're facing is what we're trying to describe, we're trying to describe via negativa. Because there isn't really a word in English for what we're trying to describe. Yeah. Because it's not belief, and it's not disbelief. It's not faith, but it's not knowing. And I'm, sh- I'm sure it, that the
0: the, the scripture the, the, the descriptor is there somewhere in all of our history of language, it it's there somewhere. I just don't have the word for it. Maybe it's and hidden in the
1: Basque language. I don't know. It
0: could be. It could be like that one idea that, that I was struggling with before, and it turned out there's a perfect Gaelic word, Crua, to describe what I was trying to describe. And it, it might be out there. If if you guys know what word we're talking about, please drop it into our, uh, what is it? The one of the question ones. There's one where you can type, uh, not the poll, but the other one in the podcast. Um, if I remember when I put this up, I'll even put a question about it. But if I don't, then please, if you have the word and it's not in English, throw it up there. Let me know what language it comes from and a basic definition so i can look it up because we are people we need this word and we're yeah like you said part of the struggle that we're having is we're discussing this this topic via negativa good podcast by the way go check it out it's a one of our episodes from before but yeah it's it's not about believing it's not about disbelieving it's about a complete lack of disbelief so well how can you believe in How can Celtic God, you call yourself Celtic God. How can you believe that's even remotely true? First, I didn't name myself that. That's a nickname that was given to me in real life. Uh, Started off as a jest, evolved, it turned into Celtic God, and then they're like, it is the perfect describer for this guy. But I don't disbelieve. It's part of the Hyperborean way. We are descended of the gods. So therefore, I am a Celtic God. How can you say that you believe in the fairies? Well it's not that I necessarily believe in them. It it's just that I don't disbelieve in them. The, uh, they might not exist, but it doesn't matter. I think I've s I've seen them or interacted with them, heard them whisper in my in my third ear, because the Hindus do the third eye, so they whispered in my third ear.
1: Uh like a Star Trek alien. Yes, like a Star Mineral Trek alien. Effort.
0: Yes, it's not fairies, it's aliens. I'm not saying it was aliens, but it's aliens. Oh, gods. Yes, I love that meme. Uh, I'm not saying it was the fairy, but it was the fairy. And I, I think so. Do I believe it? I don't know if I would go so so far as to say I believe it, but it is a definite possibility.
1: How much more do I need? Well, and that's part of the issue, and it's, Not just us that's tried to describe this concept to people. Like uh, there was a movie I watched when I was a kid, The Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. And there's this whole line where uh, seeing isn't believing, believing is seeing. Yeah. And it's trying, I think, to talk about the same thing we're trying to talk about. But it doesn't have the words, just like we don't fully have the words. Yeah. But I guess the long and the short of it is that we're trying to explain is that the very concept of believing in the gods or not believing in the gods is itself a...
0: It's a belief system. Believing well, it, it, and not believing, it is itself a belief well, system. I was going to say, system. it's been
1: that very concept of being, of placing any concept in the dichotomy between these two is actually something somewhat imported, I would say. Yeah. Because it was never really an issue. There wasn't really this this thing in Northern Europe and In pagan times before the coming of the church from what I can tell where people were zealously for or against the gods, you know, it's You don't necessarily Not believe in the sea deity or believe in the sea deity. It's it's separate of this right because it's like do you believe in the tidal waves? Do you believe in the current? Do you believe in these things? It's not really a thing. It's like do you believe in deep sea fish? You can't see them typically but do you believe they're there? And it's like, is that even really a question that needs an answer? Does it really involve belief at all? That's actually a good direction to go. And it
0: brings up so much more of this conversation. Okay. Do you have to believe in the fish in the deep sea fish for them to be there? Or do they just kind of spawn up in the net? Is it like a video game? Then here's my real question, because that's tying into the, what what the hell is that one theory that uh, the matrix theory, like, the fish isn't there until you scoop it up and then it it spawns into the net okay fair enough but that itself is a belief system and then does it matter if the fish is swimming around even if you don't see it or if it spawns into the net when you scoop it up the truth is is it doesn't matter it really doesn't from our perspective our where we're living at our interaction In general, it doesn't matter if the fish existed prior or not.
1: Well, I think that's part of what ends up with a lot of people that try to go the way. Like I said, I think that it's good because myself and a lot of other people I've known who are able to kind of avoid a lot of the pitfalls that happen to people that are trying to get into the way. They took a breather period, either uh, a year or a few years. Actually, by accident. They usually had like this... Typically, phase.
0: when that, that break is taken, it seems like it's on accident.
1: Yes, it's... They basically got sick of whatever they were doing in the first place, whether that was Christianity, whether that was... Whatever. It doesn't matter. So then they end up just leaving religion entirely, and they, they might go through an angry phase. Not a good one to, to exit from. Oh, I will say from seeing how that works. But it's... It's good to have that period because then you're not bound by the same desire for really, really strict information. Because a lot of people, what they what ends up happening is they desire a a Bible, uh, a church-like structure where there is a direct answer for everything, where there everything has a uh, an order to it, an order in the same sense as a civilization. This is kind of actually one of the giveaways of christianity and uh, a lot of universalist faiths arriving arising in uh, urban civilized centers they're overly ordered because nature does have an order to it but it's not something that someone who's used to having seven days a week 24 hours a day is going to view as an order because it's like how long is the sun up well it changes day to day how deep is the water in the lake, in the river, in the stream. Depends exactly where you are. Yeah, how tall is the grass? How many trees are in the forest? How many seeds are in the ground? How many birds are flying in the murmuration? There's, there's too much variety just within our realm. So then when you get into more abstract concepts, like all of the realms, you know, the realms of the gods. The, the entirety of the, of the Tree of Life. Yes. You're, you're dealing with stuff that is more and more abstract. Some of it's based on experience like folklore where someone meets a troll and then you have enough stories of how people meet trolls and how they interact with trolls that you kind of get an idea of what trolls are and what trolls are able to do. So we have an idea of trolls, but then what are trolls? Because there's like 20, 50, 60, I don't even know how many different kinds of trolls and they're all trolls but they're also not all trolls and some trolls are fey, but some trolls are not it's what is a troll, right? Well, a troll is a troll is a troll. Well,
0: and once you can wrap your mind around this lack of disbelief, it makes some of the things that that are written down as having been said of the northern barbarian. Well, what do you believe in? I believe in myself and my people, the strength of myself and my people. It, it becomes really clear why he says that he believes that. Now, you ask him about the gods or the spirits or the ancestors, cetera, other realms. It's more that he doesn't disbelieve those. But
1: the thing that he believes in is himself and his people. Well, and especially once you realize that the myths of the gods and the myths of the people and the myths of the spirits and all these things. This is the mytho-history of a people. Mm-hmm. It's why you can have something like in American culture, which is a relatively young culture in comparison to the ancestral cultures that sort of built into America. Right. Pre- pre- compared to the Gales, compared to the Germans, compared to the Slavs. So you have Paul Bunyan, for instance, or Johnny Appleseed. Johnny Appleseed existed. We, we have record of uh, John Chapman. He wasn't exactly the same as the myth of Johnny Appleseed. But does that necessarily mean that Johnny Appleseed is merely a fiction? Duh, or Paul Bunyan? A lot of people argue there was no evidence that Paul Bunyan existed. And then there's people that will point out, no, there's plenty of people that will say they've met Paul Bunyan. And there's stories of Paul Bunyan that people assure that happened. And then there are people with stories of Paul Bunyan that go, wink, wink, yeah, sure, it happened. Mm-hmm. And then there are ones that people just made up to entertain around the fire. And thing is, is, all of these are just as valid stories of Paul Bunyan, and over time it becomes harder and harder to really understand. Like, Do I necessarily think that the story of Paul Bunyan, jumping to the sun and getting a piece of it to bring it back to help make the nuclear bomb, and then refusing to give it away when he realizes what it's for, because the president went to the North Pole to ask for his help, do I necessarily think that was real, that that specific 100% story happened? 100 factually history. I mean, if it was, this is some really interesting stuff that I would expect to be, like, blanked out with a permanent marker. Oh, yeah, it
0: would be all sorts of, uh, what is that called, redacted. CIA, FBI, DHS,
1: redacted. But if you look at the lore of Paul Bunyan, he's basically a forest god, and we have forest gods up the wazoo. And you can see the impact of him. Like, did, did he pro- did he actually end up making the Grand Canyon or the Mississippi, probably not, but it gives you a sense of place. Mm-hmm. But this, none of these things being true or just fun or just a way of imprinting upon a place invalidates the idea of Paul Bunyan, and the same is true of stories of Thor, the same is true of stories of Holda. There, it's You have stories that are told for entertainment, you have stories that are told tongue-in-cheek you have stories that are told seriously you have some that come up just because of entertainment you have some like the story of conan the fianna's back hair that funny funny i don't need every story to be fact i don't need it to i don't need it to be what the the bible is for people where it's a factual thing that's not always the point of a story. A this, story. Our is... stories
0: are a description of who we are as a people. I think I actually heard, which fairly... is both the bullshit and the factual. Well, we are. I... We are so full of shit.
1: Well, and there was. Uh, and
0: I don't mean us as in this podcast. I mean us as in our people. We will give each other shit. We will oh, the haggis. Each... The wild. Yeah, haggis. the wild haggis. We will run a All line of
1: shit a mile wide. All of Scotland will pretend this exists just to see if the tourist is gullible enough to buy it. Eh. That's... We,
0: yeah, we give shit. We are, we are also extremely serious. We are an extremely serious people as well. We are, Just because we will run a line of shit a mile wide and three feet deep does not mean that we're not serious. One does not exclude the other. We are an extremely factual people as well.
1: We insist on facts being real facts. That's kind of where it comes in is just because I've never met masha for instance does not mean no one has met masha right does not mean that someone's not meeting masha right now and might not even recognize it just think it's a little a weird old woman that happens to have way too many porcelain dolls yeah it's it is a really hard concept to, to well, and fully a story explain story
0: doesn't have to be 100 percent true and factual to have value yeah I I, I I get and it goes in the other direction too like a, a factual story doesn't have to be 100 percent true because there's no way to tell a story 100 percent true, because as soon as you got two people or more involved, there's like a thousand different perspectives. So a thousand different true things. It's like um, um, the great storyteller from the Gaelic. The uh, the great Sanashi, thank you. Um, <laughs> but yes, the, the great storyteller from the Gaelic stories. He knows all the stories. Mm-hmm. He knows all the stories that are not true, and he knows all the stories that are true. He can't, because he knows all of them all at the same time, he's basically useless in the present because he, he's, it's so much that he can't separate them. So he knows my story from my perspective. He knows your story from your perspective at the exact same time. How do you sort these things out?
1: Well, and then how do you sort out, uh, because the great son of Shia, if I remember correctly. It's as close
0: to omniscience as you can get. He'll know a story that happens.
1: He knows a story that could have happened. He knows a story that is happening. He knows a fictional story. So he might accidentally confuse the story of Winnie the Bear that is kept in a zoo with Winnie the Pooh. Yes. And it's not because he doesn't know the difference. It's because he's trying to access two things that are too similar, and he knows too many things to fully interact with the current present. Right. I mean, he, he himself
0: is fully capable. Where the, the problem comes in is him interacting with us. And, yes, this is still about a lack of disbelief. Well, how can a figure like this exist? Well, how can a figure like this not exist? I mean, all the religions use that exact same argument. Why
1: can't we? Fair. Fair. Well, and then here's another thing that I want to bring up just because it actually is a common trope in fiction is the way our gods work and our mythical beings work. People are always like, well, they'd be so easy to find. Not really, because the gods, let's say that there's some in this realm. They more or less have to play mostly by our rules because mm-hmm. they're bound by this realm. They might know more tricks and how to use things better. They might be more skilled at certain things.
0: Assuming that they're aware of who they even are, again, because, I mean, we don't know how this stuff works. And anybody that says for a fact that they know, they're lying to you.
1: Well, we know gods will incarnate, but that doesn't mean that they necessarily are aware that they're even gods. Yeah, um, It doesn't
0: necessarily mean that they're not either. Like it could the, the crazy guy standing out on a corner screaming that he's uh, I am the reincarnation of Lou and blah, blah. He might be 100 percent legit on well, or he could just be a crazy bastard.
1: Well, and there's actually one guy that claims to be the reincarnation of uh, I think it's King Arthur. Uh, yes, yeah, so but I'm he's pretty sure he's insane. He He's either an insane person or a con man because he doesn't be beha- he's extremely liberal. Mm-hmm. Incredibly so. And I'm like. Yes, because a mythical king of England that was for the Britons and repelled invasions well, and is going to be couldn't be. He couldn't
0: be uh, how is it the Brits would say? He couldn't be arsed to even look at the stories of King Arthur. No. Because he doesn't know any of the stories of King Arthur, oddly. I don't know how you can be in Britain and not know anything beyond his name.
1: In the same way that uh, people who were born in America don't even realize that uh, a lot of the white people are from Europe. Oh yeah, it does happen. We've met people like that that yeah. were unaware that, that uh, Europeans immigrated to North America. Yeah,
0: it's it's weird. Okay, fair enough. It's
1: yeah. Uh, you should stop asking questions of how can people not know something. You, it's a little too optimistic at times.
0: I am so naive.
1: <laughs> it's it's a good thing because in a way. Yeah,
0: disbelief is actually a, str- or a lack of disbelief is actually a stronger position than believing in something.
1: Well, and the reason to specifically say lack of disbelief versus lack of belief is when people say lack of belief, they mean disbelief. Yeah. That's usually what they mean. Whereas a lack of disbelief doesn't necessarily mean belief. Yes. I guess is the way to way to put it.
0: Yeah, it's it. It is chunky. It is clunky. But
1: we're bound by English. Yes, which is actually, most of the time, a very useful language. It is,
0: but there are certain ideas that the words just aren't there. So then we have to get creative with the descriptions, like a lack of disbelief. But then we have to quantify what a lack of disbelief is.
1: Well, and then this, this is something I want to bring up. A lot of people in the modern day don't believe in the gods. In fact, we almost forgot about Thor... If it wasn't for Marvel, this is one of the reasons I don't pick on Marvel all the time despite all the issues with it is because they are one of the reasons Thor is still a household name. Mm-hmm. But the thing is is Thor as a figure, most people don't believe he's a literal deity. They understand he was a deity venerated, but they view him as effectively a fictional character, most people. Yeah. That doesn't just even as a fictional character, he has value. And really, to, mo- to most people that know about Thor nowadays who aren't very much like, oh, he's just a fictional character, he matters more because of culture, because of history, because a lot of people do believe he's well, a dating.
0: Well, and let's be and, honest, a lot of people wouldn't even know about Thor if it wasn't for Marvel. And it's like, you can, we can, shoot, I do it in real life, Thor and Loki, and they're like, this, this, and this. I'm like, well, they got the names right. And then they're like, what? Yeah, they got the names right. But wouldn't it have been cooler if they had done Thor the way that he actually is in in the real folklore where he had red hair instead of blonde hair? I've learned to, rather than taking away, add two. Like, this is right. I like that they got this right. But wouldn't it have been cooler if they had added this other thing that is really from mythology? It's like, I've, I've learned to, rather than... Taking wings away from fairies. I'm like, ah, Tinkerbell, everyone's favorite fairy, except for she's actually a sprite. That is so much cooler. And then I will proceed to describe what sprites do, because at first there's a little bit of defensiveness and curiosity. And I proceed to explain what sprites do and then watch their eyes light up.
1: Oh, yeah, because there are a lot of spirits that get She's so much
0: cooler as a sprite than she is as a fairy.
1: Well, it makes a lot more sense. Yeah. This is something else I've noticed is even with people don't believe in any of any of the way because it's integrally linked to us as a people. It's part of our history. It's part of our culture. You can see it like you walk down the street where we. Well, That's why it has to be
0: actively resisted to not do the way it has to be actively resisted. It has to be actively reinforced against because it doesn't require belief for us to naturally be who we are. Instead, what it requires is for Christianity, schools, uh, science, whatever, to constantly reinforce the idea of disbelief.
1: Well, and that's the other thing I've noticed. That's what I was getting at, is when it comes to these things for our people, the most common complaint, unless I'm dealing with Christian zealots or zealots of some universalist religion or ideology, what I end up actually getting the most is not I don't like that or stuff like that it's oh we don't have anything and then they find out we do have stuff it shifts from oh we don't have stuff to well if more people did it
0: yeah if everybody that listened to me that said directly to my face well if there was more people that that did this I would gladly do this but I don't want to be socially ostracized if the everybody that told me that we'd have probably ten thousand people listening to us right now we'd be able to get together huge massive things that would make society go
1: what the fuck well and that's the other thing is a lot of the people that said well if more people did it most of them were actually in real life yes the ones that you dealt with so you would have a full-on community a fairly big-sized town in fact Mm -hmm. and then Okay, 10,000
0: was probably a bit of of an exaggeration if you're going to go by people I've met in real life. That's probably still 400 people or more of people that told me, well, if there was a community, if if more people believed this, if there was an actual community, I would do this because it sounds very healthy. I, I like the ideas behind it. It lifts a person up. It teaches you that you can be more without telling you that you're bad it's just more natural i like that but nobody else is doing it so i'm not going to do it if all the people that said that to my face yeah we'd have three four hundred people milling around here we'd be honestly we'd probably be too busy to do do things the way that we're doing them we'd be doing the thing where oh hey i got a camera here follow us around while we're i don't know fucking throwing axes or something and we're just talking So and we'd be doing a completely different type of presentation if all these people had stuck around.
1: Well, and my point in the grand scheme of that wasn't just that if people just realize that the amount of people that say if there were just more people themselves would make that amount of people. But it's also because these things are inherently tied to us. Mm -hmm. Like if you're, I don't know, Icelandic, it doesn't matter if you really believe because I've met Icelandics Mm -hmm. and I will actually tell them stories that I know from iceland from scandinavian mythology from the eddas and they just light up like i had one actually because she was actually talking about because she was one of the 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 old. oh women. you're talking
0: about the one that uh, her grandmother's stories that yeah that her lady? mother's stories oh, from mother. iceland
1: and um her mother died recently and she was telling me that she almost felt like my her mom had sent me because she was a bit of a one of those kind of people right and I told her Well, stories. and the way that
0: you're telling the stories matched up to how her 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 mother told the stories, didn't it? Or yeah, at least and then it was starting so.
1: to remind her, and she was actually getting excited and stuff, stuff like, like that. that. And it's that's what it is. It's why I say things like paganism is instinctive, heathenry is about being part of the land. The stories are not inherently part of paganism or heathenry in the sense of the literal definitions of these words and how they're used what it is is it allows you to be more it's the inheritance of culture and history that's what these stories are that's what these customs are the the paganism in and of itself does not technically have anything to do with the stories of the gods but it has everything to do with the stories of the the gods. And yes. that's where... And us. I mean, the, the stories of the gods are stories of
0: us. But the stories of us are also the stories of the gods. It's a symbiotic thing. And I was going to bring up... Um, I, I actually... But I met somebody from Iceland. Actually, not too long ago. And the guy was... The way that he explained it, because I brought up Surtur, and he's like, well... And he's, he's not a Christian. He's, he's a, he didn't know how to describe himself. Because he believed in something... But he definitely wasn't a Christian, but he's not a heathen because he looked online and he saw how most heathens are. That's not what he is either. So he, he had no idea how to quantify himself. But I asked about Surtur and he's like, yes, I believe in Surtur. There's a big mountain there. Of course, Surtur's there. And I'm like, no, no, I, I mean, you know, the God Surtur lives inside the mountain. And the the way he explained it is. Basically that it's not that er, that he lacked a disbelief in it. He knows Surtur exists because the mountain is there, because the lava pours out of it, because the, the what is that, Surter's Child is the translation of that island?
1: Oh uh, Surter's castle, Surter's Child, Be- stuff like because that. Because
0: these things exist, he knows Surter exists. Well it's like now, it- can Surter himself in bodily form rise up out of the mountain and stride across the land? It's more like he didn't disbelieve it. He didn't necessarily believe that there's a literal god or giant in that mountain, but he didn't
1: disbelieve it either. It's like, maybe. Well, it's like, uh, I think when they asked the question, do uh, Icelanders believe in elves? And not the Tolkien elves, which are closer to Faerie, but elves as in what they actually are. And I think it was a majority like, not like 100%, but like more than 50% of Icelanders actually believed in Yeah, I've, elves I've seen
0: some... Uh,
1: the hidden folk.
0: Yeah, I've seen some videos on YouTube. And they're like really shoved to the side by the algorithm. I'm guessing by the algorithm. Because the views on them are horribly low. But you can tell that they're real genuine videos. And you get into some of these these small communities and they're like, what does an elf look like? They're like, what do you mean? What does an elf look like? Once it's established that they believe in the elves, they're like, they're not here. And they're that they're not there. They're somewhere in between. You can't see them, but you can see what it is that they do. You can see their effect on the world. Well, how big are they? They're like, uh, you can't see them. How can I tell you how big or small they are? And I've seen them from areas in Germany, the, the Gaelic lands from Iceland these communities do exist and some of the people will call themselves christians and other ones are like nah
1: well and that's the thing this is partly how you're able to have people that do everything pagan top to bottom and then still call themselves christian it's because like christians will say uh that paganism wasn't a religion from the perspective of Christianity and the requirements therein, they're technically correct. Mm-hmm. But they're wrong in the sense that, the, that uh, we were just waiting for a religion to come in. It was an empty part of our soul. Yeah,
0: that we didn't have a belief system. Well, we, and the thing is, is, to use any of these words, they're all incorrect and correct. It's, it's not a religion.
1: It's more than that. It's not a belief. It's more than that. It's not a philosophy. It's more than that. Which is why, over time, we've slowly gone from we, ethnic faith to the ethnic way to just the way. Because mm-hmm. there, there's no good word, and actually, that's a good thing. Like, the the word we're looking for that isn't belief or disbelief, This this lack of disbelief, that we could probably use the word for. But it's yeah. actually a good thing that there's not a 100% go-to word for... The Otherwise, way. it'd probably be, yeah, it'd be quickly corrupted. Well, well just take, take a look, a look at, because uh, people gave a word for the, um, the Norse way, which, which was, is an amalgam of hundreds of tribal philosophies, regions, whatever, right? They called it Asatru. Uh, loyalty to the Aesir, I think is how it pronounces or it. Uh, but basically, that got corrupted so freaking quick, that it's um, there's basically just like in most Protestant denominations, there's a very liberal and a very conservative branch or branches. Mm-hmm. The same thing has happened to Ositru, and it's slowly turning into a really rigid religion. And that's part of the curse of names is once you've given a name to something, you've defined it, and that gives it certain levels of power. But it also—that's well, also, why we use amalgus words. We use adjectives. Yeah. We don't use names. You can't really give it a name. Paganism is a descriptor. It's an adjective. Heathenry is a descriptor. It's an adjective. The same thing with the way. There's no good word for it because it doesn't fit within a box. Right,
0: and don't worry. They will try and corrupt it soon enough.
1: Oh, yeah, the moment you give it a name. As soon as
0: it gets some kind of real traction, somebody will begin corrupting
1: it. Oh, uh Wicca, pick a freaking option. I mean, frick, you give a name to any ethnic way and it starts getting corrupted. Look at Shinto, look at Taoism.
0: Universalism just can't stand
1: it. Well, and it's because once you give it a name, the thing is, these two things are so completely diametrically opposed to each other. Mm -hmm. Universalistic religion and the way of any people is so diametrically different. There is... They can't, they don't exist in the same space even. That's why you can have things like dual faith. The issue comes in is that we have tried repeatedly throughout history to let these two things coexist. And it is never the people who follow the way who cause the problems.
0: Because well, you know, here, here's, here's the proof to that. The people that follow the way try stepping to the side and just getting, aw- getting away from the universalists. What happens? The universalists give chase. It's because they're a virus, a cancer.
1: Well, it, like I used the example of the people are a body. So the way is just how we function healthy or normally. I mm-hmm. won't say healthy because there's always kinks that show up yeah, for different just,
0: reasons. But normally.
1: But these universalist ideologies that come in, they are viruses and they mutate all the time. And they require complete and total control. Well, and it doesn't matter what the universalist
0: religion is. You look at the one today and then back up 100 years, back up 200 years, back up 500 years, however old they are, you will see it was not the same thing 500 years ago as it is now. And then what's their excuse? Even though they got a rigid, a rigid system, a book, a singular book in many cases. Oh, Hindus do not have one singular book. We got like 24 But it's still a rigid book. It doesn't matter that they broke it up into 24 pieces or however many it is. But they will say, well, it's a living religion. Uh Uh-huh. That's why you're not allowed to have a different opinion now, even though my opinion now might be supported by the way that your religion was 500 years ago. And, And, of course, our religion is dead and gone and, like, Uh, thousands of years ago and so what the fuck ever
1: well and it's not a religion and this is where language keeps coming Mm -hmm. in it's like you've met people from people that have mostly kept these traditions intact you were raised with one that had a lot of traditions intact the storm caller or the berserker or whatever they don't view what they do as magic it's Uh, quite often it's viewed as a curse a curse or a normal natural Mm mm-hmm Whereas someone else would be like, oh, you, you got to do this heavy ritual or whatever.
0: Bring out the three goats.
1: <laughs> the three Billy Groats gruff. Now cut off their heads. But yeah. it's too ingrained in the culture. And it's the way to describe it, I guess I would say, is that we don't necessarily, as a people, not just talking about you and me, but as a people, we don't necessarily believe in trolls. We don't necessarily believe in fae elves gods tornadoes whatever we don't necessarily believe in these things but we don't disbelieve in them either what it is is it's we never really feel like it needs to go one way or the other yeah it's stories of fae exist so they always could be there
0: they always whether or not they're literal doesn't matter that's actually what it slides into it doesn't You who's listening to us right now, you're from my perspective, you are but an idea. It doesn't matter if you exist literally because you exist because you're listening. Because you're arguing with us right now. Same thing with me from your perspective. It doesn't matter if I literally exist because you're listening to me. So therefore, you don't not believe in me.
1: Well, it's like uh, let's use another example that people are aware of: the economy. Ah, uh, yes. This is a bit of an odd segue, but basically, the economy. If you were to ask someone if the economy exists, or do you believe in the economy? I guess is a better way of saying right. it. Right? Do you believe in the economy? Well, what do you mean? Do I believe in? Do I believe in it being good? Do I believe in it? Doing well? Do I believe that it's going to tank? What does this mean? What do you mean, the economy? Do you believe in mercy? Or what do you mean, believe in it? Yeah. Do you believe in mercy? Uh, Do you believe in justice? Do you believe in friendship? Do you believe in love? Do you believe in all of these things? Do you believe in mischief?
0: Or do you more have a lack of disbelief in it? Do you believe in it? Do you disbelieve in it or do you more have a lack of disbelief?
1: Well, and then you have uh, situations where b- belief comes in and you can see how it messes things up because like Australians. There's a whole segment of the population that thinks Australians don't exist.
0: Yes. Which is weird. But uh yeah, yeah, man, holy shit. This is this is a deep topic. I think that we're going to have to come back here a, a few more times. Yes, especially well, I mean, f- really every topic that we have is really deep. And every time that we get done recording, what's one of the first things? Oh, man, I forgot to mention this. Man, I forgot to mention that. This topic, it's so big. You know, we just barely scratched the surface. And it's that way every time with every subject that we talk about. Our people are
1: so, it's such an immense topic. Well, and i I want to stress something is you're not there's nothing wrong like if you're whether you were raised pagan or whether you're coming into the idea of the Mm -hmm. way there's nothing wrong with being doubtful there's nothing wrong with being like these are just nice stories yeah but there's also nothing wrong
0: with believing them either
1: yes well and this is the thing is over time like I was saying as we as I've gone along with the way and kept looking into it and thinking about it and living it as best I can I increasingly come to the conclusion, it's not that I believe in the gods, which I would argue I do, for all intents and purposes and what people would mean when they ask that question. Because usually when people ask, do you believe in this, it's it's a gotcha question. But it's more, I don't disbelieve in them. I don't disbelieve that I could ever meet Masha on my way walking to the gas station or walking to the local restaurant uh it's never that i don't think that i might end up in a swamp where there's a grim hound it's not that i don't think i'll ever have an elf pelt me upside the head with a stone well it's just here here, i guess this to tie into what you're talking about
0: it's like um when i walk into a, a new room it doesn't it okay if i walk from here to there and then when i get there it turns out that I am now in a swamp, on a mountain, overlooking a deep valley, and there's dragons flying in the sky. I would be shocked, but I wouldn't be, oh my goodness, this is impossible. Because I don't not believe that it's
1: possible to walk through the veil like that. Well, to bring up something else, uh, there was this uh, short video, uh, short movie, I think it was part of Love, Death, and Robots on Netflix. And there was this giant that washed ashore. Mm -hmm. And when it first showed up, everyone was like, oh, my gosh, a giant. It's so big that there's fish swimming in the water kept in his hand and stuff like that. And then eventually people were sliding down him, uh, poking him. He became a job. He, He became a thing that exists. And then eventually it was just like, oh, we have to get rid of him before he rots. This is, I think, part of what a lot of people don't understand is. A lot of these urban fantasy or fiction or anything like that where these things that in our life would be considered fantastical would become mundane really quickly. Mm-hmm. It's like gorillas used to be considered yeah. mythical. Yeah. And then we found them, proved that they existed, and now it's like, oh, yeah, it's a gorilla. Well, it's part of what
0: caused Zeus. People wouldn't believe the gorilla existed or the rhinoceros or the olifant. The There's no way these creatures can
1: exist. Or the moose, oddly enough. Yeah, or the moose. Well, because that's actually a story from uh, America. Even though there's moose, or elk, as they're called over in Europe, um, up in parts of Europe and definitely in Russia, in America, to prove that we had moose, there's a story where Thomas Jefferson had a taxidermist cobble together a bunch of random animals because he couldn't prove the moose... Was because he didn't have a corpse of a moose to work with. Right. But he knew they existed, so he's like, make me a moose. He sent that off. And this is the funniest thing is he was sending the moose because the Europeans at the time thought America was just one giant swamp and it was useless. Yeah. The funny thing is is that moose dwell in swamps. It's one of their favorite places, swamps and wetlands. So that doesn't prove anything. Well, and then sometimes uh,
0: for a short bit of time, that that, uh, piece of taxidermy that you're talking about, Proved emphatically that moose didn't exist because people recognized it was cobbled together from various creatures. They're like, "Well, this proves that it's that it's fake." Does it? Did it? It was. Do moose actually exist? I'm going to argue yes because I've actually seen them. I mean, seen is not believing today. Today, with like cameras and and video and really, it never has been because they they did Photoshop. Long before there was photoshop some of those those old school photoshopped uh photos taken from uh glass you know back when cameras used the 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 glass film some of them are so well done it's like holy crap how was this done but uh yeah so seeing isn't necessarily believing but seeing isn't also isn't disbelieving in the end um all we can do is, is just keep moving on. But, yeah, we're at the end of our time. So, yeah, I'm going to thank everybody that made it this far. You're you're the toughest of the toughies. And, um, yeah, I guess I'll see you guys next week. Make sure to, to click on our link tree and whatnot to keep
1: up with everything else that we do. Well, and I'll just say it's not what you believe in. It's what you don't disbelieve in. Think on that.